You know, you hit the button. You think something's supposed to happen. It don't happen. That just irritates me. Doesn't it irritate you? It irritates me. <laughs> well, that's the way to be when, you, when, you, when, you're, when you're teeing everything up. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I'm streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And, uh, you know, you can get the, get, the, uh, get the podcast on the free Odyssey app. Texas Senate acquitted Attorney General Ken Paxton on all charges, reinstated him to office, and uh, looked at the House leadership and just slapped him around a little bit. And those behind the little half-baked secretive and sham impeachment process are digging in and lashing out, blaming others for their own failure because they forgot to bring a case. If you're going to get out there and go after an elected official, you have to bring a case. Saturday morning, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick announced votes on the 16 articles of impeachment the senators had spent the last two weeks hearing testimony about. Sixteen times he announced that a majority of the senators voted to acquit Paxton, far more than the one-third margin necessary. Once that was final, Patrick took the opportunity to condemn the House for sending articles of impeachment to the Senate without following proper procedure, as earlier impeachments had. Said the Speaker and his team ran through a first impeachment of a statewide elected official in Texas in over 100 years while paying no attention to the precedent. Millions of taxpayer dollars have been wasted on this impeachment, and he, he, he is saying he's going to call for a full audit. We'll see. And uh, an impeachment should never happen again in the House like it happened this year. Ken Paxton was never going to get found guilty by this group, you know. Uh, despite the pearl clutching by the media and the dire progno prognosis is going out by the pundits, and the fact became more evident as the case for the House Board of Managers quickly fell apart and only got worse. Even their own witnesses testified that the impeachment articles were bogus or false or otherwise incoherent. Even the witnesses that just didn't like Paxton, just personally disliked him, admitted when they were under oath that they had no hard evidence of wrongdoing, but only good faith belief or circumstantial evidence. In other words, they had nothing. The complete failure by the House Board of Managers did not stop House Speaker Dade Phelan, Republican from Beaumont, from wailing and gnashing his teeth at the Senate and Patrick. He said, I find it deeply concerning that after weeks of claiming that he would preside over this trial in an impartial and honest manner, Lieutenant Governor Patrick would conclude by confessing his bias and placing his contempt for the People's House on full display. I hate to tell you this, but the People's House has a check against it, right? Okay, they have a check against them, which is the Senate. So you did what you wanted to do. You went the way you want to go, and this is the way it ends up. If you don't like that, then you need to be elected as a senator and then go in there and create a coalition and change those rules. He alleged that, to be clear, Patrick attacked the House for standing up against corruption. His tirade disrespects the constitutional impeachment process afforded to us by the founders of this great state. The inescapable conclusion is that today's outcome appears to have been orchestrated from the start. Well, if you don't have a case, yes, that is exactly the way it works out. 
And Phelan's claims, just like the case they brought, had no evidence at all. This is, you know, this was a uh, this is a very good example of watching a governmental body get out there and when they could actually do something, where they could be doing something or doing nothing. Sometimes doing nothing is the best way to go because that's actually better for the people than doing anything. But they always feel like they have to do something that really amounts to nothing. And then they get out there and they shriek and all this other stuff. And yes, uh, this was precipitated by the Bush family. We know it was precipitated by the Bush family. The Bush family, the Bush family wanted to be, you know, everybody was supposed to vote for the very, uh, very, very energy deficient Jeb. We had George H.W., then we had George W. Jeb was going to be the next one. Now George has a son that would be coming along. All these things are supposed to happen because we were supposed to have a Bush dynasty. But that didn't work out that way. H.W. was a spook. He had less in common with you than he did with, you know, any other entity on the planet. He had nothing in common, really. He, he didn't want to be commander-in-chief. He just... He thought that was a natural progression, so he went that way. He contradicted himself way too many times, and then he became a, a one-termer. He's out. Bill Bill Clinton takes him out easily. You know, it was a very uninspiring uh, administration. Then George W. comes along. We got a lot of stuff we should pull back from George W. George W. had a chance to short circuit. The, the whole housing bubble, which was the precipitation of Obama, right? That was all put in place by Bill Clinton. And instead of doing something about it, when he could have, when George W. was in power, and yes, we had we had 9-11 going on, and we had all of these all of these wars that we got started in and all this other stuff, uh, they do have to do other things here. They just can't be this one-dimensional guy. Being the leader of the free world means that you have to be able to multitask. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. So I look at the Bush family and I'm like, I voted for both of them. And uh, because I believe in winning and, and getting somewhere, the problem is they just never move the chains. And we're, we're going to have to work on that one. We really are. We're going to have to work on that. They were lucky enough to exist in a time when uh, things were not as dire as they are now. Now they're really dire. But it's because of them. It was because of their lack of action. They were uninspiring leaders. And with that, I, I have a little bit of, I have a few problems with that as far as uh, looking at the things that they want to do now. They look at Ken Paxton, who uh, Paxton got out there and he's, uh, you know, he's got, there's a lot of things he's going to be doing against the feds coming up. I would expect to see him become very focused because he just got a taste of what it's like to be Donald Trump, right? He, he got attacked because he was there because <laughs> he did something that somebody didn't like. Some bureaucrat, some name, some some child, some son, some some senator. Whatever it was, he did something somebody didn't like. So they decided, we're going to get you. And we're going to waste your time just like this. And you're not going to do anything except defend yourself against our baseless accusations. And that's exactly what we got. And right now, we're in the middle of an election year. We have a guy who's out there currently, and he's leading the field by a wide, wide, wide uh, margin. And he's being charged with everything under uh, in the book. 
everything but the kitchen sink. And they, everybody's like, something's going to stick to him. And he's going to get convicted of something. And then he won't be able to pardon himself. And then he won't be able to do this. And he won't be able to do that. And we just got to get it where he can't run. If he's such, such an albatross, why would you want to take him from around our neck? First rule, according to Napoleon, when your opponent is making a mistake, don't interrupt him. But see, that's not what they're doing. And despite his missteps and everything else, find me somebody who, besides Trump, who doesn't think that government is the answer to everything. That's our problem. Too many politicians think government is the answer to everything. If government would leave us alone, a lot of things would just be okay. <laughs> we get told on a regular basis, America's divided. Then I go up here to get some gas in the car and everything, and none of that stuff's happening. Coming up next is going to be Dewey Lemons from Dewey's Pawn Shop to a Tuesday. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. My favorite part of the week. JS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. You got questions for Dewey, you need to do it right now. Off you go. Joining me now from Dewey's Pawn Shop is Dewey Lemons. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. You doing okay? I was just trying to get all that out without tripping over myself. Well, you did a pretty good job there. I appreciate it. There. Appreciate you're, it. You're, you're, you're fast with that stuff there. You, Semi-professional. Yeah, I want I want to get back with you on that. Um, what people can do with their property, and there's too many daggum people in Greenville County, and I think Greenville County Council let our wonderful place in the world that we live, which was the best place in the world, turn into an overcrowded, bust your car up going down the road, no good city now. Think so? Okay. All right, I got that out. That's out. It's out. No, the there's more. I'm gonna tell you more when we get. On. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So it's hunting season right now. Uh, doves and dove, dove and deer. Is that right? Deer season is open for for in the lower part of state. It's wide open. Yeah, you can shoot with a rifle anything down there. In the upper part of state, it's bow it's bow season for deer. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot of people hunting with rifles already in the lower part of state. Sure. Now, have you ever done any deer hunting in bear country? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So when you go hunting in bear country, do you carry anything besides your, your, like if it's a bow hunt, do you carry anything in case a bear notices your kill? It depends on where I'm at. When I was in Montana, I did, yes. Yeah. yeah. When I when I bow hunted in Montana, there were a lot of grizzlies in the area. And, um, in fact, my, um, my guide out there, he's lost several elk over the years to grizzlies. They come and took they come and took it away from them. And if you mess with the Grizzlies, they'll put you in jail. Yeah. They'll put you in jail. Oh, yeah. They will <laughs> They will tear you up out there. They got well, what if so the, many strict what, laws. What if the Grizzlies coming after you, though? Well, you got to wait till he's like five feet away. And, and just as you shoot him, you got to let him make sure he's got teeth marks on you. And then you're, you'll be okay. You got to make sure that he knows that you're going to get in trouble for that. You gotta, please don't yeah. attack me, Mr. Bear. Please. So what do you <laughs> carry when you're going into bear country? What, what do you carry? Uh, I used to have a 454 Casul I carried. Yeah. Yep. I'm being asked right now if you have a slightly used and dented F35 for sale at your shop yet. 
A what? Oh, that's yeah. one of the high powers. No, the F thirty five. Uh, the the F thirty five. Uh, what do they call it? The the jet that uh, the jet just crashed down in the Low Country. They come and sell it to you. <laughs> but I, I'm sure you'd 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 make him an offer on that if that came up because Dewey has a bunch of stuff there that you wouldn't think he would have, but like the 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 uh, the plane propellers. Yeah, we do have a couple of props sitting in there. We sure yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, we get we get a lot of stuff. We we did an Instagram yesterday on big. We had a like a 72 inch TV or 75 inch TV. Right. Um, we got a chainsaw in here. It's got like eight horsepower i mean it's a huge chainsaw it's got an eight horsepower engine on it um do you have a gto out front uh it's not a gto it's a 72 um buick oh skylark okay 72 buick skylark but But was that was that the was that the the buick the buick version of the gto or the uh the 442 yeah Yeah, it's their hot rod it's got the big 455 engine in it and 400 transmission yeah it's a It's a, it's a Sun Cooper. It's not just guns at Dewey's, although the guns are the are the most interesting part for me. Now, when you go deer hunting, which one is your preferred way to go? Do you prefer bow hunting to hunting with rifles? Is there more of a challenge to it? What is it that you like to do? Is I, I love to bow hunt. I went yesterday afternoon. It's you know it's great to you know you got to be way have way more patience, and of course you got to practice a lot with a bow and everything. It's um, it's it's a lot harder to shoot them with a bow. Um, but I love hunting with a gun too. You know, it's, it's, it's just hunting. I just love all types of hunting, you know, but yeah, bow hunting's fun, but hunting with a gun's fun also. Yeah. Now let's say we have a new guy that wants to, he's taken up hunting. He's never hunted deer before. He comes to you, he gets a gun to hunt deer. He goes out and he, he, he harvests the deer. Are there places to take the deer if he doesn't know what to do with the animal when he, when he's killed it? Yeah, there's a there's a good many of that old Shane Candler down there on 25, and and then there's 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 several other ones around. Um, they they kind of move around some years. They're in different places, but yeah, you got to figure out where they are, and you can take your deer to them. They're um, they, of course they charge to do that, but they'll cut it up for you and have it all ready for you to to throw in the freezer or throw in the oven or whatever you want to do with it. Right. And where would someone now, if someone wants to get out there and say, well, you know, I really need to know how to process the deer myself. Where would someone go to learn how to do that? Man, I have no idea. (laughs) There was a bunch of, a bunch of old men that made me do it when I was a little kid. They, they stood right there. They stood there and they, they, um, ate breakfast while I made me skin the deer and clean it. And they told me what to do every minute there. You know, if I did one little thing wrong, they put blood all over me or something, you know? Yeah. But I mean that, that they were correcting your mistakes, Dewey. I that's mean, right. That, they were correcting my, you mistakes. know, tell you how to do it, show you how to do it, let you do it, make your mistakes. So correct. Uh huh. That's right. So would, would it, would it behoove someone that wants to learn how to do that to go hunting with someone that knows what they're doing? That is true. And there, there's all kinds of, you know, you can find anything on the internet. Now you can Google how to, how to skin a deer. I, I would imagine it would be on there. You know, I'm being but, asked, do you have any Rossi circuit judges? No, cannot get my hands on them. I got one customer who's, who's going to beat me up if I don't get him one before too long. I have been looking for a long time for those. But you are looking. Don't even have one at Traders. We haven't mentioned gun traders nope. at all. Gun no, traders out I, on Wade I, Hampton Boulevard. They better not have one over there. I've been checking with them. Told them I need one. They're they're, 
<laughs> they're supposed to be helping me look for one too. But yeah, they so got a you, bunch of stuff over there. Man, they got some inventory over there now. Yeah. If you have a Rossi Circuit Judge you're looking to unload, you need to go to Dewey's or Gun Traders on Wade Hampton Boulevard. That's Dewey's not, is on Augusta Road. Gun Traders is on Wade Hampton Boulevard. Go sell it. Right. He, one time I, I I took something out there to you when when I brought the uh, when I brought the the three fifty seven Magnum to you. Yes, sir. I, I don't remember what you called me. It was something you was like I, somebody wanted that last week. I, I don't remember what you called me though. That's yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But when, whenever Dewey's looking for a particular gun. We get people looking for stuff all the time, and it yeah. sure is the world. When they come in, as soon as they leave, somebody comes in, you know, a couple of days later. But um, Looking to sell yeah, this. We try to keep names and numbers and help people track stuff down. Um, you, you'll be surprised how much stuff we come up with, a lot being, of different stuff. I'm being asked if crossbow is allowed for bow season. Yes. No. Oh, I don't know. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think Have you ever hunted with a crossbow? I never have. Nope. Never hunted with a crossbow. Which is going to be more powerful, a a compound bow or a crossbow? Crossbow. Yeah. yeah really? They got a lot more power. We don't have any in this year. Last year we sold a lot of them um, and still had some left over when the season you know got going good and everything. But this year we sold all our crossbows. Um, we got a lot of bows left now. I got a lot of nice bows out there. Um, what kind of bow no do you hunt with? Right now. What kind of bow is Dewey's bow? What, what kind of bow do you like? I've got, um, I think I've got a Hoyt and a Matthews that I shoot. I know I got a Matthews, and the other one I'm pretty sure is a Hoyt. I've had it for a good little while shooting. Well, that's like yeah. the standard name. I mean, Hoyt is like the the the. the Hoyt know, makes real yeah. good bows, and so does Matthews. Matthews makes really good bows. PSE makes. I mean, the first first deer I ever killed was with an old PSE bow. A guy guy came in and sold me and. Said you ought to go shoot that thing. It shoots good. And I said, man, how do you shoot one of these crazy things? When I was a kid, I tried to shoot them, and you—I mean, I'd stand ten feet from a squirrel and I'd miss him every time. Don't you have? You, I'm being asked if you have any of the Kimber revolvers. You have some of those, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. We got several of them in stock. Thirty-eight special plus P with a three-inch barrel. I think uh, I saw one of those. Three fits a three fifty-seven Magnum, yeah. But it fired thirty-eight special. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll so yes, they do. Do you ever get the shotgun rifle combinations together? Is that even a thing? Yeah, I've got a. Um, I've actually got a Valmet over and under twelve gauge right now that has another set of barrels with it. This twelve gauge rifle. It's a nice gun. Yeah, really. Twelve gauge rifle. What would you hunt with that? Like an elephant? Oh, Ed, that would be great to hunt um, turkey hunt with. Turkey. Hunt. If you're, um, you know, use that twelve gauge to shoot the turkey with, and then the rifle. And in some states, you can use rifles to hunt turkeys. You can shoot long range. But if a coyote comes around or something like that a little bit too far away, you can shoot that coyote. Or you can put buckshot in it and shoot buckshot and a rifle. You know. Being asked to your opinion on retail shotguns. Don't. Um, we've sold a few of them, and that's all I can say. I don't know that much about them at all. Is that like a hunting gun or more of a tactical gun? No, it's a hunting gun for the yeah. most part. Yeah, I think all they do is hunting shotguns, yeah. And well, I don't have time to ask you that because we run out of time and as always that's the fact. And listen, next week we'll have to get more on the land thing. I know you got more to say about that, so we'll have to open with that and get that out of the way. Go check out Dewey, go check him out at Dewey's Pawn Shop, go to his other shop if you're out that way on Way to Hampton Boulevard, Gun Traders. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Thank you, sir. You have a good week. You as well. When we get back, COVID now looks a lot like the common cold.
This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Of all the things that I could possibly catch, if I can do it, I'm going to try not to get a cold. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live right now on the WORD Facebook page, if that is your cup of tea. And you can get the podcast on the free Odyssey app. When I get a cold, I sort of revert back to a point in my childhood. Sort of seems like with, with, with women, women get a cold and they just, you know, they've got a cold. They still do everything they normally do. When a guy gets a cold, well, you know, we're laying around. We feel like we're going to die. Never going to disagree with that. <laughs> uh, and we get this on, on the Twitter from at Climate Depot. What is that? At Climate Depot, NBC News, doctors say they're finding it increasingly difficult to distinguish COVID from allergies or the common cold. Sore throat, then congestion, common cold symptoms follow a pattern now, doctors say. Doctors who treat COVID describe the ways the illness has gotten milder and shifted over time to mostly affect the upper respiratory tract. That's because like all things that happen in nature, as we build up a resistance to it, all of these new variants that are coming along, it, it's just like the flu at best. And in some cases, it's more like a cold. And you know, one thing about a cold, they've never figured out a, a, uh, a vaccine for a cold. And since this is beginning to take on the characteristics of the cold, you know, why, why would we sit around and have to worry about how many boosters we've got or whatever? And, uh, well, that's a problem because uh, this has become less dangerous. COVID has become just less dangerous. And this is not due to some version of a compassion on the part of the, of the virus. There is no oops, my bad thinking on the part of this nasty little strain of RNA or DNA. It's just evolution at work. Nature always moves forward. As long as we are alive, we continue to build up resistance. Some of the evolution is found in our immune system, and some of it is found in the virus itself. Viruses that kill a lot of the hosts are less fit than those who don't. And Darwin himself would tell you that evolution tends toward the fitter varieties of organisms. So if a virus keeps killing off its host, then it won't spread well. This is why Ebola outbreaks don't go very far, even in places with horrible healthcare systems. It kills too quickly and it, to spread far and wide. There is an animal reservoir out there where the virus doesn't kill at all, and that is the ideal host for it. Now, the 1918 flu wasn't wiped out by antivirals or a vaccine. It mutated away from being so deadly. And it was deadly. The 1918 flu was vastly more deadly than COVID-19. 
although you would never know that from the coverage. COVID-19, if we play the stupid game and get out there and play with the COVID uh, fantasists out there, that killed 7 million people, although it killed actually about 80,000 people, which is right on par with influenza. Actually, you know, it, 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 7 million people didn't die only due to COVID. They d died with COVID, right? It, it, and that was changed. That, you know, a lot of things, a lot of people are being told to change that. But that was 7 million people out of 8 billion. The 1918 flu killed 50 million people out of 1.8 billion. So do the math. COVID was nothing compared to the 1918 pandemic. And while the flu stuck around, the deaths plummeted. This is a very inconvenient truth for some of these uh, COVID pundits that are out there, these COVID fantasists that need you to be so very scared of COVID. It makes them powerful and important to get out there and say, COVID-19, that makes them very important. Now, getting out there and saying, it's like a cold. Well, that doesn't do it. That just doesn't cut it now, does it? But COVID has turned into this. Uh, and we get this uh, from uh, an urgent care patient uh, treater. Just about everyone I've seen has had really mild symptoms. The only way that we knew that it was COVID was because we happened to be testing them. Now, most of the time, if you go to a hospital nowadays, I think, I'm not sure because I haven't been to a hospital and I don't t intend to go to one if I can help it. Most you're going to, have to wait a long time because during COVID, most hospital functions ceased as non-emergency care was stopped. And a lot of the staff were laid off. And many of them never came back. It was a public policy disaster. If you think healthcare has gotten worse, well, that's because it has. And you can thank the shutdown fanatics for that one. Colds suck. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But they are a fact of life. And COVID for most people is a cold. And sometimes a cold can turn into something worse. Uh, you know, you can, uh, when, when I was in the hospital with the, with the heart attack, they kept coming in there and giving me this goop that they would stick on my, on my, on, on my nostrils. And it was to keep me from getting MRSA. And I was like, well, how am I going to get that laying here? But apparently that was a thing. And when I, the, the other thing was, I think the entire fourth floor at that time was taken up with people by the flu. This was in 2015. So when a virus is indistinguishable, indistinguishable from a cold, I kind of sort of think that makes it a cold. And a cold is caused by any number of viruses, and COVID-19 is just one of them. And no vaccine works to prevent infection or transmission. And the COVID-19 vaccination was never a vaccination. You get that, right? It was never a vaccine. I mean, I've, I, how many colds have you had? This explains why people got COVID-19 over and over again, because it was never something you could vaccinate against. And right now, a lot of people that have gotten the vaccine and all of the, how many boosters are we on now? About 16? Are we on booster 16? So, you know, this is not voodoo. It's a fact of life. And get on with living that life. Get on with living that life. The uh, Biden administration, they didn't like that they got slapped down as they try to censor what you think. More of that when we get back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
Well, Missouri versus Biden. This is a case where they're trying to, uh, you know, the, the Biden administration's already been slapped around. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. On September 14th, they made an emergency Supreme Court appeal to avoid the lower court injunctions, preventing them from uh, telling Internet speech monopolies which keywords, posts, and accounts to suffocate. And the court granted the appeal the same day, pausing the uh, lower court injunction, stopping the federal government from holding a gun to their head. Now, they didn't contest any of the more than 20,000 pages of court documents showing essentially every major federal agency pressuring social media monopolies to take down some of the ideas that powerful Democrats don't like or face federal lawsuits, investigations, and the removal of their monopoly powers. But they, they argued that obeying the First Amendment imposed unprecedented limits on the ability of the president's closest aides to use the bully pulpit to address matters of public concern, on the FBI's ability to address threats of the nation's security, and on the CDC's ability to, to relay public health information at platform's request. So in other words, they're just trying to control what you see, control the narrative, control the information, hence they're going to control what you think. And it works. It has worked a great, I mean, right now, a big portion of America is just sitting around going, I'm going to tailgate this weekend. There's nothing wrong with tailgating. But it is in everything in the world, especially when you are being over. You've got a Marxist virus coming up behind you, getting ready to suck you in. Now, you know. In wartime, Lincoln, Wilson, Roosevelt, Reagan, they were all limited by that same Bill of Rights. And the Biden administration can't seem to fathom how to function within the Bill of Rights. So if shutting down your ideas online is necessary to protect national security, they can do literally anything in the name of national security. This is the, this, this kind of argument is the same category as Lou John Grisham's cl claiming that because she declared a public emergency, people don't get Second Amendment rights. And the DOJ, the DOJ rolls in there and they just flat out lie to the Supreme Court, apparently attempting to obfuscate the law and the government's constitutional duties with the falsehoods they're pushing out there. And it gets that it, it, it is working. So and lying to the court and the public seems to be a part of the administration's strategy in this case. Now, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, part of the plaintiff's legal team, pointed out the irony in an interview last week with Tracy Beans. It's dripping with irony that people who claim to be protecting us from misinformation are pushing misinformation. And I mean, that speaks to the dystopian Orwellian nature of this vast censorship enterprise. They're being found to mute specific ideas and persons online, but also they're trying to influence the platform's algorithm and content moderation policy. So that means anyone using Facebook, Google, YouTube, X, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, you know, you're probably limited in what you can do. And even if the Supreme Court rules for the plaintiffs, that will continue. And, and here's the thing about this. Uh, the Bill of Rights was not put in place for the government. The government doesn't have rights. You do. The government has no rights. You do. 
the right, the, the, the things they do, the things they exercise, are at the behest of the governed. But you're the ones with the rights because government officials have no freedom of speech in their official capacities. Their acts are constrained by multiple things and, you know, mainly the U.S. Constitution. The Constitution bans the federal government from abridging the freedom of speech. He can use what they refer to as the bully pulpit, which means he can get up any time now and he go, all right, I just finished my sugar cone, put me on TV. And then that's the bully pulpit. He cannot threaten companies or individuals to government harm if they disagree with him. He can speak, but he cannot compel. And if he or any other government employee speech pressures companies or individuals, that's a violation of the Constitution. And this is one of the reasons the First Amendment exists, to protect you from the abuse of government power. And there is a massive power imbalance right now between the government and the average citizen, even between the government and powerful companies. And the First Amendment exists to help tip that balance toward you, the individual. It secures the right of the citizen against government officials, not vice versa. Now, the Biden administration has this backwards and uh, they have it so far backward, you wonder what they're making this con law 101 mistake on purpose to confuse the public, if not the court. So, I mean, the president literally claimed social media companies' initial refusal to implement all of his demanded speech codes was killing people. And he threatened to hold Mark Zuckerberg criminally liable. But people aren't stupid. They see thousands of prominent examples of the government flexing its power over non-compliant individuals like the FTC deciding to investigate Elon Musk for a tweet after he bought Twitter and then more recently the Justice Department going after another of his companies for allegedly not hiring enough foreigners. All of these are just ridiculous lawfare exercises and it's going to cost Musk millions to defend against it because he has to. Smart people keep their heads down and they just watch. And that's, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. In fact, I'll be back watching in about 22 hours. Please come join me when you do. This is news talk 98, nine W O R D the voice of the Carolinas.